my little strangelings. On this podcast, I discuss the world's folklore, myths, legends, and superstitions. I explore what these stories meant to the cultures that shared them, the different uses of lore in our modern day entertainment, and the history of it all. Welcome to Folklore Friday. Now time for some everyday folklore. It's bad luck if a black cat crosses your path. I have a question. Says who? Today's everyday folklore I got from catit.com. That's C-A-T-I-T. And it seems to be a great company for cat lovers. So, why are black cats considered unlucky? This was not the case in ancient Egypt. They were worshipped. The ancient Egyptian god of cats called Bastit was often portrayed as a woman with the head of a black cat. Bastit is the Egyptian goddess of the home, women's secrets, cats, fertility, and childbirth. She protected the home from evil spirits and disease, especially diseases associated with women and children. In Celtic mythology, a legend existed about a creature called the Cat Seath. The Cat Seath was said to resemble a large black cat with a white spot on its chest. Legend has it that the Cat Seath could steal a person's soul before the gods could claim it by passing over a corpse before the burial. Therefore, watches were organized to keep the mythical creature away from the corpses. In the Middle Ages in Europe, black cats were often associated with witches. In the 1560s in Lincolnshire, England, on a moonless night, a father and son were traveling when a black cat crossed their path. They pelted the cat with rocks until the poor animal fled into the home of a woman who at the time was accused of being a witch. The next day, the father and son saw the woman who lived in the house she was limping and bruised, so they assumed witches could turn into black cats at night to roam around unobserved. This belief spread to the American colonies with the first settlers and was held firmly during the Salem Witch Trials. Even today, many people think black cats bring bad luck. Around Halloween, for example, black cats are portrayed on all sorts of decorative items, often accompanied by witches. Luckily, there are some places in the world where black cats are considered good luck. In Scotland, for example, a strange black cat arriving at your home is believed to bring prosperity. In the rise of Britain, a black cat crossing your path is considered good luck. The same goes for Japan. Unfortunately, black cats are less likely to be adopted from a shelter. So next time you're thinking about adopting a furry new friend, please consider giving a black cat a forever home. I think it's very interesting that the same animal can have different types of superstitions attached to it in different areas around the world. I'm really digging this story from England about a father and a son who thought that the cat had turned into a woman. That I can see totally spreading like wildfire. So 
Are cats descendants of the Egyptian cat god, protectors from evil spirits and disease? Or are they witches that have transformed themselves into animals to escape ridicule and accusation? Or did the Scottish tales have it right? That if you see a black cat in your home or in your doorway, you will be blessed with good fortune. Tell me, what do you think? Now time for some everyday folklore. Hello, strangelings. I'm your host, Megan. Usually I introduce who is joining me, but I realized I haven't been saying my name. So I'm your host, Megan. I'm going solo today, which feels a little weird, but I knew I wanted to try it out at some point. And what better episode than the New Year's episode? New Year, New You, all that cheesy crap. But bear with me, I'm learning... How to go solo. So I think this year, 2021, became this deadline for people to think, oh, the pandemic will be over by then. But here we are. It's 2021 and it's still here. And so I think that New Year's, especially this year, has been on some level kind of a letdown because the New Year is all about new beginnings, a clean slate, and making New Year's resolution and putting the past year behind us. And a lot of people keep saying, oh, I'm so glad 2020 is over, but the pandemic is still here and it's going to be a long road ahead. But at least we're a little bit more accustomed to it now. So there's that. But it's it kind of sucks. Like it, it still completely sucks on so many levels. Ugh, I can't even get into it. But if you're feeling crappy like me, because how could you not? Here's one of the things I do when I get down, you know, besides cry and just like hold my dog and watch a TV show and wait for me to stop thinking about it. (laughs) One of the other things I do is I listen to this song and it is so good. I want everyone to listen to it. It's called Zen, Z-E-N, which is a collaboration of three of my favorite artists. It's the band X Ambassadors, K-Flay, and Grandson, and it rocks. I really wish I could play it here on the podcast, but you know, copyright. I really want to monetize this podcast at some point, but uh, I'm going to read you some of the lyrics, and this whole song is just about living during COVID, and it's it's really cool that these three musicians or bands or what have you work together because oh, it's just perfect. So here's some of the the lyrics. Give me groceries and booze. Give me FaceTime with my friends. Give me intravenous news, little drips of CNN. Give me meditation apps. Text me pictures of your dog. Give me life. Give me peace. Give me noise. Someone give me zen. And then this chunk is by Kayfley and it's, oh my gosh, it's so Kayfley. I love it. Give me space at least six feet. Dig my grave just as deep. Give me vision. Let me see. Give me courage to confess. Every night I text my ex. I'm not singing it. I'm just trying to give you an idea of the rhythm. Oh, it's so capable. I love that. And then these ones are, are really great. Give me hope for something better. Give me justice for my cries. 
Tell me we're all in this together. And if we're not, then tell me lies. Give me love. Give me Wi-Fi. Give me drugs. Get me sky high. Give me headspace. Set my head straight. Cut the dead weight. Burn the red tape. Someone give me Zen. Yes. So if you haven't heard that, you need to pause this podcast and listen to it or right now. And I know that I keep the podcast pretty clean. So there's an, a radio version. And then there's a non-radio version where it's give me effing zen. So depending on whatever mood you're in, um, there's those two options for you. I have both of them because the um, <laughs> there's like one part where Kayfully said, oh gosh, I got to look it up. Where is it? Oh, it's, it's I got sex on my mind all the time. And then and then she says the F word. But in like the radio version, it's I got sex on my mind all the time. Uh? <laughs> and it's just like, I just it like, I really like listening to it because it like takes you out of the song. You're like, dun, dun, dun. what was that? <laughs> so I have both of them. But yeah, check that out. I recommend it. And another topic is New Year's resolutions. Now, obviously, this chunk, if you're, well, not obviously, but if you're new to the podcast, this chunk is kind of like the chit chat intro. And I'm learning how to do it solo. So the New Year's resolutions sometimes can be awesome. And then other times they can make you feel like crap. And so I just, <laughs> does anyone else feel that way or is it just me? <laughs> so I have many resolutions this year. And one of them is the podcast. The podcast saved my sanity in 2020. So if you've been listening since the beginning, thank you so freaking much. <laughs> and for all of my friends and family who have been on the podcast, I super thank you. So hopefully I'll be doing one every Friday. We'll see. Wish me luck. Send me good energy and I'll try to do the same. So yes, the podcast is one of my New Year's resolutions. And I just want to throw it out there. You got to be careful because they can, New Year's resolutions can kind of make you feel crappy about where you're at right now. So a few days ago, I was making this mega list in my head of, of all the things I wanted to do this year. And it made me feel so far away from what I want to be or where I want to be. So be careful and don't do that. And I really like this line from Supergirl of all places, the show. Yes, the CW show. <laughs> and I know it has nothing to do with folklore, but it does have to do with my advice for the new year. And so here it is. I don't understand how you juggle it all. Oh, Kira, how do you juggle it all? You learn. That's how. You start with two balls before adding another. I figured out how to be brilliant in business, and then I added being a brilliant mother. Far too many women burn out trying to do too much before they're ready. So you can have it all? Of course. Just not all at once and not right away. So I'm going to echo the character of the great Cat Grant. And remember that you can do what you want to, just not all at once and not right away. New Year's. Now, you might be asking yourself why I'm talking about a holiday when this is a podcast on folklore. Well, 
let me tell you. The definition of folklore is the traditional beliefs, customs, and stories of a community passed through the generations by word of mouth. Okay, think about that. Traditions, beliefs, customs, stories? Heck yes, do I say holidays are totally included in that. By the way, I have a video on this topic on my YouTube channel titled What is Folklore, which you can find at YouTube at Folklore Friday. Check it out. It took me for freaking ever to finish the editing, but I'm very visual and I wanted there to be lots of things in it. But I'm very proud with how it turned out. And I go over what is included in the umbrella of folklore. So check that out. New Year's. The tradition of celebrating the new year is done all over the world and goes back many, many generations. So why January 1st? So in this episode, I'm going to talk about why it's January 1st, and I'm going to talk about how it's celebrated and then why we celebrate it. It turns out that the new year wasn't always on January 1st and still isn't in some cultures. The ancient Mesopotamians celebrated their 12-day-long New Year's festival of Akitu on the vernal equinox, while the Greeks partied around the winter solstice on December 20th. Meanwhile, the Egyptians celebrated another lap around the sun on July 20th. Real quick, the Akitu festival was basically a 12-day-long mosh pit. Yeah, you heard me. The point was to just beat the crap out of each other. For 12 freaking days. <laughs> and this was a total free-for-all. I mean, peasants beating on kings, noblemen getting beaten up by the cooks, everyone, no, no matter what your station, everybody was equal. Well, the men folk, that is. <laughs> I can understand one day, but 12 days? Come on, guys. You can't get it all out in one day, five days, or even a week. <laughs> you need 12 freaking days. I can't say that I know that much about Babylonian culture, so... Who am I to talk? <laughs> During the Roman era, March marked the beginning of the calendar. Then in 46 BC, Julius Caesar created the Julian calendar, which set the year when it is celebrated today. During the Roman era, March marked the beginning of the calendar. Then in 46 BC, Julius Caesar created the Julian calendar, which set the new year when it is celebrated today. But even Julius Caesar couldn't standardize the day. New Year celebrations continue to drift back and forth in the calendar, even landing on Christmas Day at some points, until Pope Gregory VIII implemented the Gregorian calendar in 1582. The Gregorian calendar was an attempt to make the calendar stop wandering with respect to the seasons. Because the Julian calendar had a few extra leap years than was necessary, by the 1500s, the first day of spring came 10 days earlier. That's a lot. Though the selection of the new year is essentially arbitrary from a planetary perspective, there is one noteworthy astronomical event that occurs around this time. The Earth is closest to the sun in early January. At a point known as... Oh my gosh, am I going to get it right? Oh, I might have to listen to the pronunciation again. Perihelion. Yes, I think I nailed it. Mm-hmm. The Earth is closest to the sun in early January, a point known as the perihelion. And I would like to thank the internet and YouTube with the help on the pronunciation of that. 
Okay, so that's why it's January 1st. And I'm not going to lie, most of that goes over my head. But I do think it's interesting to find out how the calendar came to be. All right, now it's time for the traditions. Woohoo, I love me some traditions. So here's some New Year's traditions from around the world that I found interesting. So here in the U.S., one that immediately comes to my mind is dressing up in sequins. It's very, very popular. I love to do it. I think I've been trying to at least wear some type of sequins every new year, probably since I was, I don't know, in my 20s. I just, I like it. It's very rare that you can dress up in something like that unless you like, I don't know, work in Las Vegas. So I like the excuse personally. And I am fairly certain that the tradition comes from an old belief that you're inviting wealth like gold. And I am all for that. Also a popular one, smooching a loved one at midnight isn't just popular in the U.S., but in many different cultures around the world. Okay, and here's another one I haven't done since I was a child, but it is very popular. The polar dip, which is basically running into cold water, dunking yourself in cold water, then running back. (laughs) Where I'm from, it was a beach and you run into the water as far as you can, but in other places you can just drop down into the water and then climb out. This is done in many different countries. It's called the Polar Dip, where I'm from, north of Seattle, pegged the Pacific Northwest, also known as the Polar Bear Plunge. So where I'm from, it's usually held January 1st in the morning at a beach that is right up against the Canadian border called Birch Bay. Obviously not this year for COVID regulations, but I do remember going as a kid and it was packed. There is a custom in El Salvador to crack an egg into a glass of water and leave it overnight by an open window. In the morning, the figure revealed by the egg represents the aspect that will bring good fortune in the coming year. Cool tradition, but it makes me think of the Salem witch trials a lot. And if you're not familiar with that, before everything happened, it was two girls and they were playing a game and the game consisted of cracking an egg in water and looking at it as if it was a crystal ball and it would give you some kind of insight about the man you were going to marry. And that game led to another game, which led to this, which led to that, which eventually led to the sandwich trials. In South American cultures such as Mexico, Bolivia and Brazil, your fortunes for the year ahead are decided by the color of your underpants. Those who want to find love wear red underwear for New Year, whilst gold diggers should opt for yellow, which brings wealth and luck. And if you're after a little bit of peace for the New Year, then, well, rock those whitey tidies. And if you think the countdown of 10 takes too long, try 108. In Japan, bells are rung 108 times in a Buddhist tradition that is believed to banish all human sins. Ooh, that'd be nice. It's also good luck to be smiling or laughing going into the new year. But who knows how you can be in a good mood after having to sit through the prolonged ringing. <laughs> I didn't read this. Um, I didn't read this before I read it out loud. That's funny. Similar to the Babylonian festival of Akitu, the, oh crap, I looked up how to pronounce this and I forgot. Uh, Takanku. Takanaku. The Takanaku Festival, (laughs) if I said it wrong, I'm sorry. It is an annual Peruvian festival held at the end of December, and it's all about people beating the living daylights out of each other. 
competitors face off in a ring for a round of bare knuckling brawling, which is overseen by local policemen. Well, I feel a bit better about that. Um, and this word that I can't pronounce literally means when the blood is boiling. Hmm. But apparently all of the fights are friendly and represent a fresh start for the year. Can't say I would be participating in that because I'm not a good fighter and I'm pretty sure I would be a baby. But I think I get it. I think I can think of um, some individuals that would just get a kick out of that. Ha <laughs> get it. A kick. <laughs> oh, I should leave the jokes to my husband. Sorry. <laughs> if you're ever in Denmark and wake up to find a pile of smashed crockery. <laughs> crockery. Is that how you say dishes? I'm going to do this again. If you're ever in Denmark and wake up to find a pile of smashed dishes outside your door, it's probably New Year's Eve. Unused plates are saved up all year until the 31st of December when they are hurled at the front doors of your friends in a... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hurled. I just like that. When they are hurled at fr the front doors of your friends and family in a strangely validistic display of affection. So that means if you're loved, you'll just get a bunch of broken plates out your window. And won't that be a pleasure to clean up? Man, I wish we could break more stuff. Ah, uh, anytime I see like a movie or, or a scene on a TV show where somebody's just breaking stuff, you know, when there's something emotional and they can't quite express themselves. And so they, they throw around and they break things every time I just think gosh I want an acting job where I can just break a bunch of stuff because it's so not accepted because it's you're out of control and that's why it's like a big go-to and who hasn't thrown something when they're upset it, it happens um and so I totally get this tradition and I wish we had more things here we're like hey let's break something or like the Greeks opa break a plate I think it's great to banish any ill fortune or bad things that happened in the past year, Ecuadorians set fire to scarecrows filled with paper at midnight on New Year's Eve. Oh my gosh, that sounds like fun. They also burn photographs of things that represent the past year. Oh my gosh, who hasn't done that in a breakup? I mean, come on. Oh, I want to do this. Let's go to Ecuador. Okay, so um, they also burn photographs of things that represent the past year, which leads us to believe that New Year is just a thinly veiled excuse for Ecuadorian pyrotechnics to set fire to things. Yeah, amen. I'm all for it. I think that's a great tradition. And the symbolism is great. Like, here's this thing that didn't go right and I'm going to burn it. It's like saying I've overcome that memory. And I think that's great. Why not? Also, in Brazil, if you head to the beach, you can increase your luck by heading to the water and jumping over seven waves. You get one wish for each wave. Oh, that's cute. I like that. In parts of Italy, such as Naples, the motto is out with the old, <laughs> where on New Year's Eve, it is traditional to throw old, unwanted furniture out of balconies to symbolize a fresh start for the year ahead. Holy cow, do they have like a time when they're saying, okay, everybody off the streets. Although to prevent injuries, most locals just stick to small and soft objects for their throwing tradition. But still, it's a good idea to watch out while strolling the streets of Naples on New Year's Eve. This custom is also practiced in Johannesburg, South Africa. I love that. I wonder if they throw pillows and stuff. Hopefully. Jeez. I, I mean, can you even lift like an armchair out the window? Like how realistic is this? I don't know. I kind of want to see it. 
Okay, in Chile, particularly in the town of Talca, like to party with the dead. Woo-woo, my kind of people. About two decades ago, a family in the town hopped the fence of a closed cemetery so they could pay homage and say Happy New Year to their father who was deceased. Oh, that's cute. I like that. And from that, a new tradition was born. Today, people in town congregate in cemeteries around the graves of their loved ones, and they drink wine, and they wine, champagne, and bottles of other booze are breached, and the party is on. I, I love that. I think that... There are some big differences between America and and other cultures. And one of the biggest ones is how we talk about the dead and how we view death. It is very much like a hush-hush and somber thing. And I'm not really for that. I want to have a wake. I want people to tell stories. And I'm not saying everyone is like this, but I'm saying the culture as a whole, the representation is you are black and you're sad and you eat some casserole that somebody dropped off. Like, like I said, not everybody's like that, but I like the idea of honoring the dead and not just like hanging a picture of them and being like, oh, well, he died. Yeah. And that's sad. I like hearing about people that do things like on the birthday of a loved one, they have cake. Uh, My sister-in-law was like, hey, we're having tiramisu for for dad's birthday because my father-in-law passed and I unfortunately never got to meet him. And so when I hear about things like that, I think it's great. And I think that more people in America should do more things like that. And I love hearing how other cultures celebrate the dead. I like uh, El Dia de los Muertos in Mexico. Super awesome. Want to go to that. And I really like this idea of having a party in a cemetery for, for New Year's. A lot of people are creeped out by cemeteries. I'm not. I feel oddly calm and peaceful. I don't know why. It's just this reminder, like, we are all mortal, and we're all going to die, so don't freaking sweat the little things. Am I right? I don't know. That's how I feel. And so for me, out of all of these traditions, that's the one that calls to me the most. I I would like that. I think that that would be, would be great. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about why we celebrate New Year's and how come there are different things that say, oh, if you do this, it'll bring you luck. You kiss someone at midnight, it'll bring you luck and all all these different things. So why do we do these things? Does kissing someone at New Year's really bring good luck? Do people in Brazil really jump over seven waves and think that a wish is going to come true for every wave? It could bring good luck or it could not. And if it doesn't, Who cares? It's fun. Some skeptics may say that New Year's Eve traditions are people's attempt to just fill their lives with meaning and to break up the monotony of the day to day. And yeah, that may be true. And so what is wrong with that? Someone recently, my sister-in-law actually, asked me about the podcast. This was um, over Thanksgiving. And she said, so do you believe in, in these things? And she was mainly referring to superstition and myths. And my answer was, well, it doesn't really matter if I believe in it or not. That's not the reason I started this podcast. I'm not interested in these things to prove their validity or to disprove it and and to show that believing in ghosts and spirits is stupid and blah, 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 or proving something like luck or superstition is real. That's not the point. I'm interested in more so 
why, as part of the human experience, these beliefs exist. As people, why legends, superstitions, myths, beliefs, traditions exist. Why do we pass these things down from generation to generation? That's what I'm interested in. And that is what I find fascinating, especially with traditions and holidays such as New Year's. It could be true that these things bring you luck, but with modern knowledge, we can understand that luck is most likely not a quantifiable thing. But if we know that, why do we still do these things that we believe bring us good luck? Here's what I think on the most simple base level, it's fun. It's an enjoyable thing to do and to talk about and to share. It's cute to think that kissing someone at midnight brings good luck. Or when you see a penny on the ground, oh, pick it up. Rest of the day, you'll have good luck. It's just a fun thing. And yes, celebrations such as New Year's do break up the monotony. It gives us something to look forward to, to celebrate. It's fun and exciting to celebrate that a year has gone by. Especially right now with the pandemic of 2020. You did it! We survived! We live to tell the tale. It's exciting to think about a new year, a new chapter, a new beginning. And I think that's why people always want to have a New Year's resolutions, because it's an idea of a clean slate. The idea of a new beginning it's a, is appealing. The thought that you can leave the past transgressions behind and look towards the future is hopeful. At work, I could hear people asking each other if they had a good New Year. And that's great because it connects people and it gives a sense of community. These are all very positive benefits of these traditions and beliefs. New Year's has hope attached to it. So even if you had a crappy Christmas per se, hopefully next year you won't. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot recently. Christmas sometimes can be really hard on people, especially coming after Thanksgiving. There's this like, chunk of time, the holidays, that's all about gathering with your loved ones. Sometimes cr Christmas can be wonderful and people are charitable and it can be really great. And I do think that it is a wonderful holiday. And also, yes, along with Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Solstice, these are all good things that are about celebrating. But on the other hand, Christmas, for example, can be a painful reminder that you're not super stinking rich. And Santa is not going to bring great gifts to the kiddos this year. Or it can be a reminder that you're painfully alone and have no one to spend Christmas with. And when I say alone, I don't mean single. Because you can be single and have a great life and have no romantic relationship. In fact, I know some people that don't want a romantic relationship and they're fine. Please just punch to live their single life. What I mean is an individual who desperately wants friends and family and people to share the holiday with. Someone that's not getting Christmas cards and has no one to send Christmas cards to. That's what I mean when I say painfully alone. And the holidays can bring out those disappointments and remind them that they don't have that thing that they desperately want. And that's part of the reason why the suicide rate is so high during Christmas. 
So to have New Year's come after Christmas is actually pretty great because although Christmas can be depressing and hard, New Year's has this bit of fun attached to it because you can still go to a New Year's party and be single just because you don't have someone to kiss. That doesn't mean anything. And I've known quite a few strangers to kiss on New Year's. But there's this idea of, well, that's gone. That's over with. I am going to get drunk and I'm going to dance and I'm going to have fun. And even if you don't go out, there's this idea of like, okay, new year, new me. And that is important. So yes, I think that the new year's holiday can have very positive benefits, even after coming off of a hard or a crappy Christmas. And I know it's just a holiday. It's just one day of year where you can do some silly things and and celebrate. But those celebrations are really important. Because it's saying that your life, your experiences, the good and the bad is worth celebrating. To remember that you are worth celebrating your struggles, your trials, and especially your triumphs. They're worth celebrating and having a drink with your friends and dressing up in some sequins over. And I know that might seem a little deep and a bit of a stretch for a night when people get stupidly drunk and the cops are always out and people's dogs freak out because people are lighting fireworks way past midnight. (laughs) Yes, all those things happen. But guess what? People do stupid things every day. (laughs) People will always be doing stupid things, (laughs) whether or not it's a holiday. And so I think that the benefits of holidays far way out the bad. But yes, I think that holidays and celebrations are extremely important and beneficial. And so now I really want more listener interaction. I really, really am interested in some of your New Year's celebrations. I want you to message me on Instagram at Folklore Friday. I know I have this core set of listeners because there's about 50 of you that tune in every time. And so I know you're there. (laughs) So tell me, I am interested. I want to know. One of my best memories is... I got engaged. I got engaged on New Year's Eve. And it's a little silly because I kind of knew it was coming, but I wasn't totally for sure. We had um, designed our rings and everything, and we knew we wanted to be married or not married. We knew we wanted to be engaged in the new year. And so I had an idea that it was coming. And when the rings were almost done, um, I told the, the jeweler that, okay, this all sounds good. She showed me like a wax thing of, of my ring. And then I said, okay, that looks pretty good. And I'm going to let you communicate with Chris from this point on, because I wanted the end result to be a surprise. And it was, it was so freaking good. It looks so good, but it was awesome. My husband performed in an improv show for new year's and it was like the fancy show (laughs) of the whole year. The tickets were more expensive. You were supposed to dress up. There was champagne. There was a countdown. All of the performers dressed fancy and there was much more decorations. And so it was a much bigger deal than a regular old improv night. And so 
one of the, their last game of the night had to do with bringing someone on stage while they told their story and people acted it out, which is a made up game. And so then he brought me on stage or one of the other actors did. And that's when I knew I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is going to happen. And so even though I was completely prepared for it, it was still made me nervous. <laughs> and it was awesome. And everyone was, you know, it was it was cool to share that moment with everyone and people in the audience realized that this was really happening and that this actor was actually proposing to me and that was not part of the game it was just this real moment and so that was really fun and I'm used to seeing Chris completely in control and and never nervous probably because he's had over goodness 20 years of performing and so to see him be a little nervous because what he was doing, it wasn't a performance. It was, it was different. He was asking me to marry him. And so uh, can't really beat that. And it was great. My friends were there and I invited people because I was <laughs> pretty sure he was going to ask me, but as that experience that I knew it was coming, here's my take on it. The good and the bad. I knew it was coming. So for, the last two months of the year, anytime he said, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Or do you want to go and do something? I remember thinking, oh, is it going to happen tonight? <laughs> so, uh, so maybe it would be nice to have a surprise. But I just remember always looking my best <laughs> anytime we had plans in case it was proposal time. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was a great night can't really beat it just that feeling of knowing that you love someone enough and trust them enough to make a commitment and to you know share that with with a crowd of people some people like to be private and I understand that and I, I told Chris once I was and I said I love public proposal but only if you're really sure that your partner's gonna say yes <laughs> and he was just taking notes the whole time but yeah, that's my best New Year's story. I can't, can't really beat it. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me for this episode. And thank you for bearing with me for my first solo episode. There's just so many things that I want to talk about and I want to cover. And sometimes it's hard to pin people down, especially with COVID regulations. You know, it's hard. But I'm going to power through because I love this podcast and I love you, my dear audience. And so I hope you have not just a great day, but a great new year. And I hope that you are celebrating the fact that you survived 2020. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, my little strangelings. I hope you join us next time. Scare you later.